Sleep is a gift, a necessity, and a discipline. I talk about that and more on this episode of This is Foster. So I once was a fool who thought running on as little sleep as possible demonstrated toughness. In my 20s, I got addicted to both a large amount of caffeine and sleeping pills. I was working a full-time job, going to college full-time, and prepping to get married to my now wife, Emily. As I recall, my classes ran from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That was in northern Kentucky. I worked about 45 minutes away, close to Kings Island Amusement Park. My work was a second shift job that ran from 1 p.m. to 11 p.m. I would wake up at 6.30 a.m., get dressed, go to the Starbucks down the hill, down a venti black eye that's a cup of coffee with two shots of espresso, race off to Northern Kentucky University to find a parking place, do my classes, sprint to my car, race to work, do my shift, get home around midnight, and of course, I'd be all wound up and needed to unwind, so I'd watch late night television until like 1.30 in the morning. That's when the sleeping pills would kick in, and I'd do it all over again the next morning. It was destructive. I gained weight. My grades suffered. I was moody all the time. It was bad for me. It was bad for all my relationships. Now, under certain circumstances, it's good to be able to run hard off just a little sleep. Sometimes life requires that. But as a practice, as a way of life, it is weakness. It's a lack of self-control, of self-rule, and of self-discipline. It's true that the slothful, lazy man sleeps too much. Proverbs 24:33 warns, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and your poverty will come as a robber and your want like an armed man. In his excellent commentary on Proverbs, Charles Bridges uh, gives these helpful thoughts. He writes, He only wants a little sleep, a little slumber more, and then he will bestir himself. But this little insensibly increases. Every hour's indulgence strengthens the habit and chains the victim in hopeless bondage. His efforts for exertion are only the struggles of the paralytic without energy or effectiveness. If his dependence is upon his own industry, manual or mental, sloth must hasten on his ruin. In a higher station, it deprives him of the means of using his influence aright or employing his talents to any valuable purpose. This is poverty to himself impoverishing the springs of solid happiness and frittering away the true ends of life. It's good to not want to be this man. He is absolutely pathetic. But as with many things, there are ditches on both sides of the road when it comes to sleep. Too much sleep is bad, but so is too little. Psalm 127.2 says, It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. Commenting on this verse, Matthew Henry says, Usually those that rise early do not care for sitting up late, nor can those that sit up late easily persuade themselves to rise early. But there are some so hot upon the world that they will do both. They will rob their sleep to pay their cares, and they have as little comfort in their meals as in their rest. They eat the bread of sorrows. Sleep deprivation will weaken you. It is the bread of sorrows, the bread of anxious toil. Sleeplessness brings no relief. It only multiplies troubles. In his book, Why We Sleep, Dr. Matthew Walker looks at different aspects of sleep informed by the research he did at the Center for Human Sleep Science. He details some of the dangers of sleep deprivation. Many of these are obvious, but they're still worth noting. First, sleep deprivation negatively impacts attention and concentration. It becomes harder and harder to accomplish tasks, especially complicated ones like driving or writing. Second, 
Sleep deprivation negatively impacts emotional control. Lack of sleep makes a baby cranky. It too affects adults. It leads to an increase in emotional reactivity. Third, sleep deprivation disrupts the normal function of physiological processes, which seem to contribute to heart disease, diabetes, obesity, and other diseases. Lastly, Dr. Walker points out how sleep deprivation plays a role in mental illness. He provides evidence which suggests that sleep disruption is a common symptom of all mood disorders. A single night of sleep deprivation can trigger a manic or depressive episode in bipolar patients. Sleep deprivation is also associated with suicidal ideation in teenagers. There's an unusual connection between depression and sleep deprivation. Being sleep-deprived actually makes one-third of depressive patients feel better. This might be connected to the increase in emotional reactivity when you are sleep-deprived. However, sleep deprivation makes two-thirds of them feel worse. Sleeplessness is both spiritually and physically the bread of sorrows. The man who sleeps too much presumes that God or others will make up for his slack, whereas the man who sleeps too little presumes that it is through his labors alone that his need will be met. Both are wrong. We need to work hard and rest hard. God makes rich the hands of the diligent, but that diligence must be done trusting in the providence of God that allows you to rest in his goodness. Hence, Psalm 127 also tells us that God gives to his beloved sleep. Sleep is an essential component to the mature Christian life. Without it, you will not be as productive as you ought. There's a famous study of violinists cited in the book Outliers written by Malcolm Gladwell. In it, Gladwell notes that the best violinists practiced more than the students who were merely good violinists. This is where that controversial 10,000-hour rule comes from. Basically, the claim is that world-class expertise in any skill is the product of practicing the right way for a total of 10,000 hours. This is debatable, and sadly, the debate overshadows a more significant finding in this study. After practice, the next most important factor in separating the great from the good violinist is sleep. The best violinist slept on average an hour longer than the merely good violinist. These top performers not only practiced more, but they did so in a well-rested state and were able to bring their A game. How about you? How's your sleep? Do you toss and turn? Are you eating the bread of anxious toil? Are you having crazy thoughts? Do you have bad moods? Are your relationships suffering? Maybe it's a sleep problem. Here's a simple plan for you to improve the quality of your sleep. First, pray. Nothing keeps you awake and wakes you up like worry or anxiety. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6-7 through seven says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. If you don't know how to pray, I recommend you read Kevin DeYoung's short book on the Lord's Prayer. Also, Google the Shorter Catechism and read and reflect on questions 98 through questions 107. Offload your worries so you can sleep well. Second, most people will sleep better in a dark, cool, and quiet room. Consider using blackout curtains and cooling sheets and pillows. I do. They help me a lot. I've got them off Amazon. Just type in cooling sheet or pillows on Amazon and you'll see what I'm talking about. Also, keep your bedroom as ordered as possible. Clutter generates anxiety and anxiety is the enemy of rest, especially for busy homekeepers. 
Third, sign off all screens an hour or two before going to bed. Blue light from screens suppresses melatonin levels and delays sleepiness. It also gets your mind spun up over something when it needs to be winding down. So read a book instead or have a conversation. Fourth, abstain from eating three hours prior to your bedtime. Why? Basically, the digestive process disrupts your circadian rhythm. So they say three hours is sufficient time to complete that uh, process. Plus, it's just way better for you if you're trying to stay in shape. Fifth, abstain from alcohol and especially caffeine a few hours before bed. The reason for caffeine's obvious, but why alcohol? Alcohol does lead to initial drowsiness, so it may help you fall asleep, but it impairs the quality of your sleep. It decreases rapid eye movement, known as REM sleep. Um, I believe it's related to your liver enzymes metabolizing alcohol later in the sleep cycle, something like that. These are five steps you can take. So do some of these, all of these, or none of these. But you need to take sleep serious. It is a gift from God. It is a necessity to maintain your life. And it is a discipline that will strengthen you for all of life. Those who are awake to reality need sleep to renew their strength as they labor for the Lord. So, sleep, brethren. Rest easy knowing he who keeps you will not slumber. Psalm 121, verse 3. Until next time, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. I'm Michael Foster. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. The best way to help it out is to leave a review or a rating or share it with a friend.